Good morning. It is Kale and Company Live right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com for this Monday morning. It is great to have you with us. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and you can find your plan at deltadentalcoversme.com. And we are so happy to have the uh, the wonderful saxophonist, singer, and songwriter Grace Kelly back here on Kale & Company. Uh, Grace, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me back. Well, it is uh, our distinct pleasure, and we're also delighted to uh, tell the folks listening that Grace will be bringing her Grace Kelly with strings at the movies to the beautiful Capitol Center for the Arts in Concord this Saturday night, October 7th. And that is very exciting to uh, all of our listeners, Grace. I know uh, tickets are going rapidly, but uh, there are still some available. Absolutely. Now, I hope people can can come out. This is a fantastic project. Um, We've only done a few shows with this project, and we're working record, which will be released next year. So the folks who get to come out and see it will be literally the first to hear the program before even the album's out. And it features a large ensemble, a full string section, um, rhythm section, and we're playing some of my favorite movie music. And some of, I imagine your listeners, some of their favorite movie music, John Williams, E.T., James Bond. um, We have an epic Disney medley. It's really like a fantastic program. Well, that is certainly uh, some of the best. No no doubt about that. H- have you played uh, the Capitol Center before? This is my first time playing at that theater. Well, it, yeah, I think you'll be uh, very pleased. It's a, a beautifully uh, renovated theater. It goes back uh, many, many years, but they have done a great job in restoring it. Uh, the acoustics, I think, are are among the best, so I think you'll uh, really enjoy the Capital Center for the Arts. And uh, Grace, the last time we chatted with you was in uh, late May here on the show, so what has been uh, going on in your life since that time? Oh my gosh, that's right, time's been flying. Well, I've been doing a lot of traveling, a lot of touring, um, and finishing this record. Um, we have shipped off all their masters and actually just received you know, the physical albums, but the record won't be officially released until 2024. But that's been a a big thing we've been working on. I actually went to Thailand and Indonesia to perform since we last talked. Wow, that that is amazing. Yeah. And then just been touring all over the place. Been on the East Coast a bunch, you know, the West Coast. And then this entire month, I'll be on the uh, East Coast just in between Massachusetts, New Hampshire, New York, then in Delaware, then Florida, then I'll then I'll head my head to the West Coast and I'll be in San Diego and Oakland, California, and then Taos, New Mexico, and Austin and wow. Phoenix. <laughs> you you get around, Grace, there's no doubt about that. You get around. Yeah, you know, jumping around. That's right. So, so in, in addition to uh, all the uh, frequent flyer miles that you have, uh, <laughs> you, you must have some uh, amazing memories of all the places that you've traveled. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, that's the beautiful thing about getting to, to visit so many different cities. It's just like 
recently um, we were just in St. Louis playing a five-night residency at a great club, Jazz St. Louis, and there's a fan of mine who owns a really great restaurant in town, and so she took us out, and it was the coolest hang, and we had fried oysters, and the place was decorated with New Orleans art, and was just, you know, super... Super cool everywhere, and and it's those type of things that get to happen, whether they're spontaneous or whether getting to hang out with fans or meet up with friends, and just that come with like playing the show, you know, and and vibe of a city because you know the the great thing as a performer, the thing that I live for is uh, as a performer is is being in a room and feeling the energy of the people that are there that night, you know, and it, yeah. and it really varies, like in St. Louis. We had a very spirited crowd, and you can kind of feel how St. Louis likes to show up for music. They're vocal, they're fun, you know. Maybe they just had their barbecue, they're feeling really <laughs> loose. And um, that changes, you know, when I was in Indonesia, it's like people receive the music in a, in a different way. Or if I'm in Korea, or if I'm in um, Oakland, California, it's, it's uh, a very fascinating thing to see the culture and the people and see how people respond to to the show well i i know that uh, the, the people uh, listening to us today on this uh, monday morning are very anxious to hear uh, your sound grace kelly so what's what's the first thing we're going to uh, hear today music wise yeah absolutely so um this first song is an original song of mine off my latest album the record's called all that i need this song is called the nighttime and um it's one that I wrote for the lovers, for, you know, the romantics out there, and it celebrates the magic of everything that comes with the nighttime starry, starry skies and the moon, and sometimes I like to just picture these images as I write music, and it really brings a lot of inspiration. So that's that's what this one's about. It's the nighttime featuring Grace Kelly on the saxophone here on uh, WKXL. So uh, take it away.
Just a, an amazing sound, great orchestration. Grace Kelly on the uh, the saxophone and the nighttime, which makes you conjure up all kinds of romantic images on this Monday morning. <laughs> Grace, outstanding, and uh, we love your music, and we love having you on the show. Uh, hang with us for a couple of minutes. We have to take a quick break here, but uh, we will be right back here on Kale & Company Live, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. Welcome back on this Monday morning. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. A pleasure to have uh, back on the program saxophonist, singer, and songwriter Grace Kelly, who will be appearing at the Capitol Center for the Arts in downtown Concord this coming Saturday. October the 7th, and uh, we, we just heard in our, our first segment, uh, The Nighttime, and uh, just a, a beautiful, beautiful song, and, uh, you know, I, I say, you know, featuring Grace Kelly on the saxophone, there were all kinds of uh, of saxophones. What was played in, in that one? Um, yeah, I do love all the saxophones, Ted. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to get saxy. Um, that one had the alpha saxophone in it as the primary voice, which is my since the saxophone that I play the most, my primary instrument. But I also play the baritone saxophone, which is the big town one with the low notes, and the tenor sax and the soprano sax as well. So I play them all. You, you do it all, and you do it all so well. And you know you, you've achieved so much. How many albums? I know you're going to have one coming out in. Uh, early 2024, as, as you mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, but how many albums for you now? Fifteen albums. Fifteen? Yes. I, I, you know, <laughs> it's got to be a world record for someone uh, of your age. It might be. You know, I never looked into that. Maybe it is. Um, I should look into that. I, I started recording my first record when I was 12 years old, so I've been, been at it for a while. It, it, is, it is truly amazing what, what you have achieved at such a, a young age. I, I don't think the Beatles even had 15 albums. I, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's wild. It's like, I, I, it, it, it takes, you know, a moment to kind of like sit and reflect and count how many records I have because otherwise I'm always kind of working on the next thing, you know, and um, it's wild when I actually think about, oh, like, Wow, that's that's quite a that's quite a catalog that's been building over the years. It is an, an amazing catalog, and, and you, you have achieved so much. But you know, I I, I think in in some respects, you, you probably think it, you know this journey is only beginning. That's so true, so true, Ken. I feel like that's the exciting thing about being a creative, and um, for me, I'm always working on new projects and just jazz projects but other other types of music whether it's playing like you know I, I work with some musicians where we're playing like heavy metal stuff you know or I'm working on you know some singer-songwriter type work so to me there's there's only great music that's the that's what that's what I aim to to create and and to make with others is, is truly great music and and to always like push forward with one's artistry and to innovate and work towards the next thing. And um, that's the beautiful thing about creativity, that it's always 
moving and shifting. And um, I'm also a big fan of collaborating with other artists. I think there's a lot of ideas and energy that create some innovative fun and and uh, just an absolute pleasure to be a part of. Well, you have collaborated with uh, a lot of uh, artists uh, in in uh, in you know your time on the scene, uh, uh, Wynton Marsalis, uh, Huey Lewis, Harry Connick Jr., uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda, and and so many more. I mean, we're talking about some of the greats of the musical industry here. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's always wild to think about that, especially you know someone like Dave Brubeck, who was yeah yeah such a jazz legend and. A- huge inspiration to me and I remember meeting Dave for the first time and then having him invite me he wanted me to join him on stage and it's those moments whether it's with you're talking about you know Lin-Manuel Miranda with Winston Marsalis or with my saxophone heroes and mentors Lee Conan, Phil Woods, Frank Morgan it's like a pinch me moment you know when yeah. I'm on stage sure. or working with a you know um a friend of mine, I played in his band in the late show with Stephen Colbert, John Batiste. Like, I have so much respect and love for John. And, um, you know, when I found myself in his band and at the Ed Sullivan Theater and filming the TV show, it's just kind of those moments. It's like, wow, this is this is super cool. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely so. Hey, hey let's hear another song. What's next? Absolutely. So this next song is actually a track from the upcoming record that has not yet been played um on any on any station i don't think it's been heard by anyone besides the internal team that's created it so this is a a track from the movie project from the upcoming record it's an original song called by the grave and the song was actually um a main theme song for the documentary life and life and this documentary was about um Reggie Austin, who's a man who's been in, he was in San Quentin for many, many years. Um, He's now actually a a free man. And I met him when I was in San Quentin years ago, putting on a performance, um, honoring one of my mentors in music, Frank Morgan. And Frank Morgan spent a lot of time in his life in San Quentin due to drugs and addiction. Um, and at one point in the show, Reggie actually popped up and asked if he could join us. And so he played piano. Wow. He played piano on a song. and But he has had quite the, the many challenges um, and quite the story of his time, you know, in, in San Quentin. And um, I think he was up for parole like 12 times, you know, mm. and, and showing really great... Um, progress and kind of having all of the, the things checked off as someone who should be um, be able to, to to move forward, you know, with their life. But but the uh, documentary Life and Life really explores this in, in depth. The director and C. Hyken did a fantastic job putting this together, and they really explore, you know, topics of racial discrimination and, and redemption and justice. And um, I was really honored that she wanted to use my song in this, and this is a song that I wrote after performing at San Quentin Prison for the first time. I was so overwhelmed with the the inmates who were telling me voluntarily why they were there, what they had done, how they feel, their reflections, thoughts about 
how they miss their family. I mean, it's just a lot of a lot of stories. And I was so the motion that I I went home and I wrote the song, which is uh, well, which is called uh, "By the Grave." And we're going to call this a world radio premiere on WKXL. Can we do that? That's right. All right. Yeah. More Grace Kelly right here on WKXL.
Grace Kelly with Strings by the Grave. And uh, we believe, anyway, a world premiere right here on WKXL. Grace, thank you for that. We appreciate it. Thank you, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what a pleasure. How cool to hear this airing, uh, airing live. Well, I tell you what, we, we've heard you uh, on, on the saxophone, and in just a moment or two after our next break, we're going to hear the singing voice of uh, Grace Kelly right here on WKXL. So, Grace, stay with us. We'll be right back after these words. It's Kale and Company on a Monday. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental, and we will be right back. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com for this Monday morning. Presented by Northeast Delta Dental, and uh, we are really thankful this morning to have Grace Kelly on with us. What an uh, amazing uh, instrumentalist, a a vocalist, a a songwriter. Uh, She is just amazing. And we've heard a a couple of uh, instrumental songs uh, already this morning. But now, Grace, our audience is going to have an opportunity to hear your voice in a song called Feels Like Home. Just tell us a little bit about that one. Well, um, this is a song that I wrote for my love. And um, it later uh, went on to be released and actually won the John Lennon Song of the Year Award in 2018. And that was a huge honor for me. And um, I found out later that the song has also been the soundtrack to some people's first dance songs at weddings or to their proposals, and it's gone, it's really spread its wing and, and made its way into so many hearts and lives, so it's a, it's a very special one to me. Well, it's a special one to a lot of people, obviously. Again, the uh, John, Lennon, uh, John Lennon songwriting Song of the Year in 2018, Grace Kelly and Feels Like Home. Darling 
ghost Kiss me softly under the city light Somewhere in there The John Lennon Songwriting Competition Song of the Year in 2018. Grace Kelly, right here on WKXL. Grace, who were you accompanied by uh, in, in that song? Oh my gosh, the incredible singer songwriter Elliot Skinner. Elliot is um, one of my favorite artists, and uh, we did this as a live take. So. Ah. Believe it or not, it was it, people can actually go on YouTube and they can type in Grace Kelly Feels Like Home and they can watch that live recording because we were filming it and we just struck absolute magic. Um, Elliot is right now out touring with Leon Bridges and um, it's just wonderful in, in all the ways. That is such a touching song, and uh, as you said, uh, it, it means so much to you and uh, and so many. Uh, I, I can uh, I can certainly understand why. Uh, and uh, uh, Grace, we uh, we are so glad that you could be with us uh, today, and and so glad that uh, we can tell people that you will be in Concord on Saturday night, this coming Saturday night, the seventh of October. 
at the beautiful uh, Capital Center for the Arts in downtown Concord. And uh, Grace, you are marvelous. And uh, we hope that everyone will uh, go out and see Grace Kelly with strings at the movies coming up this Saturday night in downtown Concord. Looking forward to it. Ken, thank you so much. Super appreciate having me on, and um, I'm looking forward to it as well. All right, Grace, thanks so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it and appreciate uh, all the music that uh, that you create. Thank you so much, Ken. Appreciate you. All right. Take care, and uh, we will see you soon. Absolutely. You too. See you uh, soon. All right. Grace Kelly, saxophonist, singer, songwriter, right here on Kale and Company Live, WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by... Northeast Delta Dental. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And joining us on this Monday morning, head coach football at the University of New Hampshire, Rick Santos. Rick, good morning to you. Good morning, Ken. Well, Rick, a, uh, a certainly a wild one in uh, Durham on Saturday, the Wildcats uh, uh, coming up short, 54-51 in overtime to Towson. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, you know, we're just uh, we're just finding ways to lose games right now. Our guys are playing really, really hard. You know, we overcame two 10-point deficits. Um, I thought we cleaned up some things offensively from a week ago, did a really good job in the red zone. You know, we were down there uh, seven times overall, scored five touchdowns, a couple field goals. So very efficient on that side of the ball. Um, got to clean some things up on the defense side of the ball. Got to tackle well. They were really dynamic. Towson was a couple of their running backs, Diego Hunter in particular. Um, you know, he really he made us look silly a few times. So just some things on that end we got to clean up. Um, but I'm just I'm happy with the guys the way they fought. We just got to find a way to finish. Yeah, no no doubt about that. But uh, as you said, you were able to draw some positives from uh, from that setback. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think, you know, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, Max Brosmer continues to be really efficient throughout the air. Uh, he was 28-43 for 340 yards, two touchdowns, no turnover. So he's doing a great job kind of distributing the ball. Uh, Caleb Burke is a young receiver for us who stepped up in a big way. Uh, you know, he had 84 yards in, in first touchdown or second touchdown of the year. So happy to get him going. The offensive line did a really good job in pass protection all day. So those are some things that we can pull from. So your big concern right now is uh, tightening up things defensively. Yeah, you know, I mean, there, we're, there's some really talented teams that we've faced, uh, but I think some, some, some things we got to do better as coaches in practice, we got to make sure that we're, we're getting those guys to tackle better. Um, you know, when we do have our blitzes, we got to make sure it just, you know, it's being disguised exactly the way we want. So the opposing team's quarterback kind of can't undress us a little bit there um, and then just get a little bit better pass rush, I think, with our front four. And uh, you're heading into a, a bye week right now. So is does it come at a, at a good time or a bad time? Well, you always want to have momentum going into the bye week and get that win um, so you can feel good about yourself. But I think it's, I think it's coming at a good time. Um, you know, we're a little bit little bit banged up, normal attrition that, that you'd expect playing Division One football. So I think it's going to be great for our guys to get back healthy as close to 100% as we can. And then it's an opportunity for us to, to go back to fundamentals and have some good com- competitive practice and try to work on some of our, the, our areas that uh, need improvement. So when you enter a bye week in college football, 
Uh, I don't know if there are any set guidelines, but what what are what is your schedule like for the next couple of weeks before your game against Albany? Yeah, the guys came in yesterday, uh, lifted, did did like a pool workout, like a rehab thing for the guys that were the starters. Today's off. Tomorrow we're going to watch the tape, um, offensively, defensively, and special teams. We'll have a light practice. Then we'll go again on on Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, then they're going to have like a, a yoga session in the morning on Friday to get their legs back. Saturday will be off, um, and then we start officially the game plan. You know, we'll be game planning all week for Albany to get ahead of it, uh, but we'll introduce that on Sunday, so we'll get an extra, you know, full practice on Albany, which is great. What do you know about the Great Danes of Albany? Well, you know their their defense right now statistically is uh, really good against the run. Doing a great job creating turnovers. Uh, their their quarterback is is a really dynamic player. Um, you know he can run it. He can make he can make plays with his legs. You know with his arms. So we got to be ready to go for this one. I I don't think any athletic team is ever one hundred percent physically. But how are your Wildcats uh, after five games of the season? I I think for the most part, you know we're we're doing well. You know some. Some tweaks here and there, a couple shoulder injuries that you know shouldn't keep anybody out. A couple ankle injuries, but for the most part, you know our strength staff and our sports nutrition staff and uh, you know our AT room's done a really good job keeping our guys patched together. So Albany uh, coming up next on the 14th in uh, Durham, and uh, Rick, we thank you so much as always for uh, being with us, and we'll uh, we'll talk with you uh, after that one. So uh, ha- have a great have a great couple of weeks, and uh, best of luck against the Great Danes. Thank you so much. Take care. Good All right. right, Rick Santos, head football coach at the University of New Hampshire, checking in on this Monday morning, a bye week for UNH, which means uh, no games this coming weekend, and then on to the Great Danes on the 14th of October. And that'll be the next uh, game at Wildcat Stadium in Durham. Place was hopping on Saturday for sure. And, uh, you know, it was uh, one of those sort of uh, ESPN classic games. Uh, as he noted, the Wildcats bounced back from uh, a couple of 10-point deficits. Got the game into overtime, eventually uh, losing by three points. But, uh, you know, coaches don't look at it this way, nor do the players and, uh, you know, most of the fans. But a very entertaining game, uh, for sure, at uh, Wildcat Stadium before a sellout crowd on uh, on Family Day. So uh, it was an entertaining game, but still uh, things to tighten up on, as Coach Santos reiterated in our chat just uh, just a moment ago. It was, it was a, a sad weekend for uh, Boston sports fans in, in learning yesterday, uh, yesterday afternoon, uh, just a short time prior to the uh, Red Sox season finale, that Tim Wakefield had uh, passed away at the age of 57. Uh, Tim Wakefield meant so much to the, uh, to the Boston Red Sox uh, organization and not only the Red Sox organization but the city of Boston because he did uh, so much philanthropic work after his career as a member of the Boston Red Sox. I mean, he pitched in the second most games in Red Sox history. Only Bob Stanley had uh, more appearances than Tim Wakefield as a pitcher in a Boston uniform. Meant so much to the Red Sox. Uh, during their uh, championship runs of uh, 2004 and uh, 2007 winning uh, World Series titles 
in uh, both of those years, and uh, Tim Wakefield was certainly an instrumental uh, figure in those World Series runs, but he was much more uh, than just uh, your ordinary baseball player uh, because he did so much for so many organizations uh, in the Boston area, including the Jimmy Fund, and uh, we all learned of uh, uh, his situation uh, last week on a post or a podcast uh, conducted by Kurt Schilling. Uh, Kurt Schilling uh, going on his uh, podcast and and telling everyone that uh, Tim was suffering along with his wife, um, and uh, that was not with the consent of the Wakefield family. Uh, the Red Sox a little while later put out a statement about. Uh, Tim Wakefield's health situation. You know, he uh, did a lot of games, did studio analysis for many years with Nesson. The New England Sports Network was in the studio for many years with Jim Rice and Tom Caron and others analyzing Red Sox games. He was in uh, the Red Sox broadcast booth as recently as two weeks ago uh, doing games with Dave O'Brien and Kevin Euclid. And you would have never known that anything was wrong. And then we uh, find out, first of all, from, from the uh, Schilling podcast, but what a guy, uh, just an amazing man and accomplished so much in his uh, 57 years. So a shame that uh, we lost him at such a young age. He will long be remembered for all that he did for the Red Sox and the Boston community at large. R.I.P. Tim Wakefield. And certainly our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, Tim's family. Celtics made some positive news yesterday as uh, they acquired Drew Holiday from the Portland Trailblazers. He had just been traded to the Trailblazers from the Milwaukee Bucks in the Damian Lillard deal. One of the great defensive guards in the NBA is uh, Drew Holiday, and he averaged almost 20 points a game last year uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. What an addition he is going to be the, to that team, and I think he will have a definite positive influence on Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum, as, long as, the, as well as the rest of the team. And what a starting lineup the Boston Celtics are going to have when they begin regular season play uh, later this month. They do start the preseason next Sunday, or this coming Sunday, the 8th of October, at the TD Garden against the Philadelphia 76ers. And I think the less we say today about the Patriots, the better. They were woeful yesterday. They were embarrassing. And uh, they were handed their lunch by the Dallas Cowboys, 38-3, the worst loss in the Bill Belichick era of uh, Patriots football. They, you think UNH has some cleaning up to do? How about the New England Patriots, 38-3? They go down to the Dallas Cowboys. Patriots will host the New Orleans Saints this coming Sunday. Apparently, Mac Jones, who was replaced yesterday, uh, late in the third quarter by Bailey Zappi, uh, will be the starting quarterback Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. Thanks to Grace Kelly. Thanks to Rick Santos. Kale and Company Live here on WKXLNHtalkradio.com. Thanks for joining us. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And remember, always look on the bright side of life.